Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new week of AutoLine Daily. In today's show, we'll take a look at how hybrids are dragging down the green car segment, Cadillac makes a push towards autonomy, and John remembers the late Jim Harbor. But now let's get to the news. Daimler is boosting production at its plant in Alabama. Company chairman Dieter Zetsche says that it will have the capacity to build 300,000 vehicles a year by 2015. Last year, the plant built 185,000 vehicles. By next year, Zetsche says that close to one out of every two Mercedes sold in the U.S. will be built in Alabama. Well, uh-oh, this green car thing is not catching on like people thought it would. As we reported last week, sales of electric cars shot up 50% in the U.S. market in August. Even so, they only account for 0.4% of all car sales. And sales of hybrids and plug-ins actually fell, dragging down the whole segment. Last August, this group of green cars hit 64,000 units in sales, but this year, that dropped to 62,000. So the segment is shrinking at a time when the overall market is booming. Here's our AutoLine Insight. Some hybrid owners are simply trading their hybrids in for an electric car. That explains why EV sales are soaring while the whole green car segment is shrinking. And some hybrid owners have told us they did their hybrid thing and are going back to conventional cars, which now get much better fuel economy. Maybe electrics will break out of this pattern, but so far this year, fewer people are buying green cars. We've seen luxury automakers like Mercedes and Audi show off autonomous technology, and now Cadillac has announced it's jumping into the mix. In 2017, an all-new Cadillac vehicle will be equipped with Super Cruise, which is what GM calls its automated driving technology, and the 2017 CTS will get V2V technology. Features of Super Cruise include hands-off lane following, braking, and speed control in certain highway driving conditions. Earlier this year, NASCAR owner Gene Haas announced he's creating a Formula One team that will debut in 2016, and it was just announced that Ferrari will supply the team with engines. In a statement, Ferrari says the collaboration could expand beyond powertrains and involve all related technical services. But as you Formula One fans know, Ferrari is struggling this year. And after yesterday's Italian Grand Prix, where Kimi Raikkonen finished ninth and Fernando Alonso failed to see the checkered flag, Fiat CEO Sergio Marchione said the results are unacceptable and that nobody is indispensable referring to longtime Ferrari chairman Luca Di Montezemolo. That's not a good sign for one of the sport's most successful and iconic teams. Coming up next, John pays tribute to the late Jim Harbor. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. We were deeply saddened to learn over the weekend that manufacturing consultant Jim Harbor passed away at age 86. Harbor, who spent most of his career at Chrysler before going out on his own, stunned the U.S. auto industry in 1982 when he released a study documenting 
that Japanese automakers were able to build a compact car for $1,718 cheaper than the Americans could. While many American executives believed that was due to low Japanese wages and unfair trade practices, Harbor showed that the real reason was because the Japanese ran their manufacturing operations more efficiently. He went on to establish the annual Harbor Report, which compared the manufacturing efficiency of assembly, stamping, and powertrain plants in the North American market. Those reports helped GM, Ford, and Chrysler figure out how to catch and, in some cases, surpass the productivity of Japanese-run plants. One reason why Jim Harbor was so effective is that his background was in finance. In fact, he's the only executive I ever met who started in finance and then switched over to manufacturing. He literally looked at manufacturing operations as a financial analyst would, but with a deep knowledge of operations. Jim had a pretty gruff personality and he could rub people the wrong way, but I can tell you that underneath all of that, he had a heart of gold. I say that because Jim Harbour was a good friend of mine and was a mentor of mine throughout my career. He gave me invaluable advice, helped me plan a career path, and provided me with deep insight as to how this industry works. Harbour's work had an enormous impact on the auto industry and on manufacturing in general, and his legacy is that he left the auto industry in better shape than he found it. Anyway, those are some of my closing thoughts, and with that, we wrap up today's show.